Welcome to Episode 3 of Murder We Write. I'm your host, Carol Goodman Kaufman. On this podcast, I talk with crime writers whose short stories and novels run the gamut from cozies to domestic thrillers. We'll learn from them about their craft, their process, and the business of writing. My guest today is Janet Ray Stevens. Janet grew up in New England, an avid reader. As she describes herself, she was surrounded by, buried under, and tripping over books. At the age of 10, Janet decided she wanted to write. Her first story was for a class assignment, and although she got a C-, she also got a lot of laughs. That was all the encouragement she needed to keep writing. Janet now writes both contemporary and historical mysteries, time travel, and the occasional Christmas romance. Finalist for both the Derringer and Killer Nashville Silver Falchion Awards, she's won the Daphne du Maurier Award for her paranormal set in World War II, A Moment After Dark. As if that's not enough, she's also won Romance Writers of America Golden Heart Award for the holiday romance, Coal for Christmas. So without further ado, welcome Janet to Murder We Write. Now, I'm going to jump right into the first question, which is actually a multi-part one. Since this is a podcast about crime writing, I want to ask you if you remember the first mystery you ever read. What was it, and what attracted you to it? Well, the reason that I grew up buried under books was because of my mother, who was a voracious reader. She read probably a book a day, and they were all genre books, and she loved mysteries. So I read a lot of the mysteries that she read, um, including Agatha Christie, which I was reading at a fairly young age before I really understood what was going on. But um, the book that sticks with me most was actually a children's book um, called Fog Magic. And it was about a young girl who um, lives on a seacoast in Maine. And she um, is a foggy day that um, she gets, she's very intrigued by the fog and it's very mysterious. And she ends up following, um, going into the fog and ending up in, in the past. So it's really a time travel. But it was a mystery about trying to figure out like, why is this happening? And where, you know, where is she going? And um, the people that she meets and everything else. And I just found that the most fascinating thing. And it obviously sticks with me today. And it really inspired my love of time travel and also mysteries. So Janet, you write in multiple genres, romance, suspense, time travel. Do you get suspense into your romances, into your time travel? I'd say it's the opposite, Carol. I start out with a suspense story or, the, or a mystery, mostly mystery, um, and then build the plot around it. So no matter what genre I'm writing, it always has a mystery that goes through it. Um, and then the romance and whatever other elements of the story falls in place. Um, even my Christmas, uh, contemporary Christmas romance, Coal for Christmas, has a strong mystery that runs throughout the core of the story. Uh, they each, uh, it's mistaken identity, and they each think the other is someone else. And the fun of the story is the reader knowing that they think that they're somebody else and them not knowing and then trying to figure out um, when, when they're going to figure it out, how they're, you know, the reader will, will have fun with that when they figure out who's who. Janet, do you think you try to incorporate elements of Agatha Christie or any of your other favorite authors into your writing, maybe even unconsciously? I'd say not so much incorporate elements of other authors, but I am influenced by them. 
Um, Agatha Christie, of course. Um, I really wish I was as clever as her in devising my plots. But I'd have to say the most influential author on my writing is Elizabeth Peters. I just love her work and I love her mysteries, um, whether they're the historical ones or the contemporary ones. Um, and uh, she really incorporates um, mystery, of course, and then the romantic elements and a deep understanding of the subject matter, whether it's archaeology or art theft, and most of all, um, humor. Um, you'll find a humorous elements in everything that I write, too, whether it's a character um, who has a very good sense of humor or who jokes to hide their pain or a humorous situation um, and even a little slapstick. Uh, but most of all, um, my humor grows from the character's relationship to one another. Um, I really, really enjoy the playful banter between um, the, the lead characters. Um, and I really model a lot of what I write on the 1940s movies where the hero and heroine were always kind of going back and forth and snappy dialogue and one-liners and that type of thing. Um, I really enjoy putting that in there. And it, it really helps when they're figuring out a mystery. They're putting the pieces together in, in, in a almost a humorous way. I've never actually read any Elizabeth Peters books, but now I'll definitely have to check them out because I do love humor. And I love the humor in your Beryl Blue books. Beryl is feisty, persistent, and quite a funny heroine. But now speaking of Beryl, for those who don't know her, she's a time-traveling cop, and she time-travels between the future and the World War II era. Now, Janet, I know you have a special interest in that time, but what got you interested in World War II? Oh, you should definitely read some Elizabeth Peters books, um, especially the Amelia Peabody Mysteries um, set in Egypt at the turn of the last century. Uh, they're, they're great. They're very deep mysteries and a lot of humor, too. Um, and I would say, though, the Amelia Peabody character had, was the most influence on my Beryl Blue character. Um, as for my interest in World War II, well, that came from a lot of different sources. Um, you know, my mother was a huge reader. She read almost a book a day, and um, she read every genre, and she did, loved historical fiction. So, of course, I picked up whatever she was reading, and I, I really got into history when I was a kid. And, um, and also the TV shows and the movies of my childhood, um, you know, the, all the World War II-focused stuff um, kind of sparked my interest. And also um, watching The Time Tunnel, which was one of my favorite shows as a kid, um, and that helped to interest me in time travel. But the most major influence of my interest in the World War II era was the fact that I grew up in public housing, um, and it, most of the it was basically veterans housing in the in the 60s and the early 70s, um, and most of the the dads and some of the moms had actually been in the war, and so there was a lot of talk about um, where they served and um, you know just some memories, the ones that they, the good ones of course that they would share. Um, not the bad ones, um, but and also we, we always knew where when it was D-Day and you know um, the end of the war and that kind of thing. So it just really kind of got into me and, and sparked a real interest in that time period that has carried through for my whole life. Janet, did you ever imagine yourself serving in any branch of the armed services? Well, I have to say honestly, no. I've never really considered joining the armed services. Um, and um, while I respect and admire um, people who do join the military, um, it's something that was never for me. I've always been one to buck convention, and I don't follow orders at all, not very well. So I would have probably found myself on uh, 
permanent KP duty or kicked out fairly quickly if I decided to do that. So let's talk a little bit about your writing process. How do you schedule your writing time? Is it consistent, like a daily thing? Um, do you have a word count that you aim for? Are you a plotter or a pantser? Well, I'm about to begin book three in the Barrow Blue Time Cop series, which is called Every Time We Say Goodbye. And um, so I'm about to launch into full writing mode. And when I'm in full writing mode, I write every day. I usually, um, most through mid-morning, and then I take a break for lunch, and then I wrote most of the afternoon, maybe do a little exercise in the afternoon. And then sometimes I even write in the evening if the ideas are popping. Um, I don't take much time off during this time period, so um, I'm pretty much focused. Um, it'll take me about one month to finish the first draft, another month for the second draft, and then the third and final draft, uh, one more month. But, uh, but that's barring any, of course, plot points that uh, will slow me down or life getting in the way and also making me nuts. <laughs> um, when I first started, I was a pantser. When I first started writing, I just, you know, would just sit down and write. Uh, but I, I never really plotted. But now I've evolved a little bit to something in between pantser and plotter. Uh, I call myself a plotzer. Um, I know the beginning. I know the end. I know the big moments and who the bad guy is, etc. But I leave room for discovering interesting characters and ideas along the way. So now that we know the title of what you're working on, can you give us a little clue as to what's going to happen? The Beryl Blue Time Cop series started with a librarian, Beryl Blue, of course, in 2015, who was recruited quite reluctantly by time travelers from the future and told that she's the only one in all of time who can keep safe a World War II soldier. Of course, the soldier uh, is, insists that he can take care of himself quite nicely. Um, and uh, so that's the plot of the first book is that them sort of getting to know each other and her trying to figure out why her, you know, why is she the one who has to protect this guy um, and him. They, they butt heads with each other and um, they have a lot of uh, great banter back and forth, which I really, really love. Um, the second book, it's been a long, long time. Beryl is time traveling again and she's facing off with jewel thieves and another time traveling assassin and also runs into her soldier. Uh, this time, she discovers that her soldier's life is at stake if they see each other again. So she's trying to figure out how she can keep that from happening, the him, him ha meeting his fate. Um, and um, in the third book, it um, every time we say goodbye, finishes that story with Beryl chasing after criminals again and trying to figure out how she can save so her soldier, Sully, from his destiny and hoping for a happy ending for them both. We'll see. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to reading the new one, Janet, but I have to tell you, until I read it, I had forgotten that one of my favorite books ever was also a time travel book, Time and Again by Jack Finney. It takes place at the Dakota Apartment Building in New York City. Did you ever read it? Oh yes, I've sure read that book. And I've also read the sequel set on the Titanic. Can't remember the title of that one at the moment, though. Both books are great, and uh, Finney did a lot of research for both books. It really shows in the in the book, and um, he weaves it into the narrative pretty seamlessly, though. Uh, one of the beauties of time travel is your protagonist is a stranger in a strange land and can observe the time period with wonder and invite the readers in to share in their wonder and discovery 
And that's what Finney does so very, very well in those books, where it, as in a straight up uh, historical events and surroundings are observed as a little bit more as the character's ordinary world and the perspective is a bit different. Um, in my books, Barrel Blue Time Cop, um, I often have Beryl make some observation about uh, lang language at the time period or some events that are happening. And um, she, she's, um, you know, able to do that since she's from 2015. So it's like, ooh, this is different. Or she's pointing out, you know, sexism or whatever it is that's going on at the time period. Um, so I try to use my research a little bit, too. Well, you've segued nicely into my next question, which is how do you go about researching the time periods that you write about? Well, I Google first. That gives me a broad base of resources that I can look at. But uh, being a former reporter, I try to find uh, primary sources, of course, um, using, using Google and finding newspaper articles and things like that that help me um, be more accurate. Um, I also have reference books that I use, including one that uh, tells me about um, uh, slang and um, words that were in, in use in mid-century um, so that I don't make mistake in using words that aren't, aren't in vogue. Although it has helped me um, with Beryl Blue, of course, because as I said, she's a time traveler so from 2015. So um, she doesn't have to be as accurate as other people. And so she, um, there's one scene where um, she and the hero, Sully, are stopped on a street corner and watching this truck go by with a scrap drive, a scrap drive truck, and it's filled with um, scrap iron. And, um, and Beryl says, oh, it looks like every, they've got everything but the kitchen sink in there. And then she sees that there is a kitchen sink, and she's like, oh, well, I guess there is a kitchen sink. And Sully is like, what? What are you talking about? And Beryl stops to think that maybe that phrase isn't in use in common use at that time, and it turns out it isn't in common use at that time, or it wasn't, I should say, um, and it wasn't until post-war that it really became something that was in common use. So I had a little fun with that, you know, where she's like, oops, I'm introducing an idiom before it's time. For books like my uh, Paranormal Suspense, A Moment After Dark, which is set in the first week of December of 1941, um, I use the resources, of course, uh, but I also dig into my memory of how my parents and my grandparents and aunts and uncles talked because they all were around in that time period and how they talked and what they remembered about that time period. So that really helped to give me a real authentic flavor to the story. I also write short mystery stories. Um, most of those are set mid-century. And um, I, one of the stories I created um, a spinster librarian named Emily Applegate during World War II. So I did some research on libraries and librarians in World War II to sort of come up with a plot for what Emily could be involved in mystery-wise. And I found a program that happened during World War II, which was collecting books for servicemen to send overseas. Libraries were the drop-off point for those books. And um, this, this program collected over a million books for, uh, to send overseas to servicemen. Um, so it was a very popular program. And, and one of those books uh, became the basis of my story, The Vanishing Volume. So um, I use lots of different resources. Um, and um, the challenge, of course, is to sprinkle in the details without overwhelming the reader, or worse, boring them. Janet, thank you so much for talking with me today. I look forward to traveling through time with you again, and one day maybe seeing one of your romances on the Hallmark Channel. 
Ooh, that's a great idea. I look forward to seeing my work on the Hallmark Channel someday, too. Thanks for having me today, Carol. It's been a lot of fun, and um, I'd love to come back sometime.